0: Celebrate! Okay. Wow. Woo. I think we're having a celebration here. How many know we have some good things to celebrate? Woo. Well, we're still in Hanukkah, but we're also beginning a month of Tevet. And so, both of those are great things to celebrate. And that's what I want to talk about this morning because this is our first fruit celebration for the month of Tevet. Tell your neighbor, Happy Tevet. And so, the message this morning is the Hebrew month of Tevet for 2021 finding the path of ever increasing light. Now, one of my favorite parts of the Christmas story is the account of the wise men and the star. I mean, you see the picture on all the Christmas cards? They're part of every nativity scene. You know, you look at the nativity scene, and on one side of the manger, there's the shepherds, and on the other side, there's the wise men kneeling down. Now, of course, in reality, the wise men didn't arrive till about a year later, So Jesus was no longer a baby in the manger when they got there, but it still makes for a pretty nativity scene. But I think the story of the wise men gives us a good picture of the month that we are now entering because the wise men received a prophetic sign from God and they followed it. And it was a long, difficult journey, but the star led them into ever-increasing light till their joy became full. And that's really what God wants to do for us in this month of Tevet. This week we're celebrating a new Hebrew month. It is the month of Tevet. Biblically, every month is a new prophetic season. So every month we have a first fruit celebration to bring God the first and the best of the, as, as a first roots gift, but also to hear what God is saying about the month that we're entering. Now, Tevet is the 10th month of the Hebrew year. Now, the Roman calendar is in December and into January. The month of Tevet is associated with the Hebrew letter Ayin. That's the letter Ion. and it was originally the picture of an eye. As a matter of fact, Ion is the Hebrew word for eye. And so in an ayin month, a month of the eye, God wants you to see clearly. Tivet is a month to look carefully at your life to make sure you are on track for your destiny. Now the month of Tivet always begins in the feast of Hanukkah. And so Tivet begins with the reminder of God's faithfulness to deliver us. Hanukkah reminds us that God wants to see his temple restored so his glory can dwell among us. And Hanukkah also reminds us that our God is a God of miracles and that his life, light will always overcome darkness. And so beginning in Hanukkah, God wants to, you to begin Tevet full of faith celebrating God's goodness and God's miracles. And that's important because Tivit is a crucial month to press forward with boldness and faith toward your destiny. Now let me show you something interesting about the month of Tivit, and I think it gives us a picture of what this month is like. You know, the the shortest day of the year is December 21st. And as you get closer and closer to December 21st, it gets darker and darker and darker every day. After December 21st, days begin to get lighter and lighter and lighter every day. Now, the Hebrew month of Tivit always begins in Hanukkah, but in some years, Hanukkah is very early in December, like this year. And in those years, the month of Tivet is a time of ever-increasing darkness. It just gets darker and darker, the nights get longer, the days get shorter. But in other years, Hanukkah takes place very late in December. And in those years, the month of Tivet is a time of ever-increasing light. And so in Tivet, things are either getting darker and darker or they're getting lighter and lighter. And so, Tivit gives us a picture of the two paths you can choose for your life. The Bible tells us that there is a path of life. And on that path, things get brighter and brighter. Blessings continually increase as you go through your life. But there's also a path of ever-increasing Darkness. And those who take that path find things going from bad to worse as their lives sink down into destruction. And see, God does not want you to walk in darkness. Like the wise men following the star, God wants to put you on a path that gets lighter and lighter. Uh, uh, Proverbs 4.18 says, The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter as the dawn approaches. And see, God wants to take you from glory to glory. Now, in Tevet we want to ask, how do we find that path of light? And just as important, how do we avoid the path of darkness? Now, to answer that question, we want to look at two people who are associated with the month of Tevet. One was Samson. The month of Tivit is associated with the tribe of Dan, and the tribe of Dan is personified in Samson. And the story of Samson is one of the saddest stories in the whole Bible because he began with great potential, but his life spiraled lower and lower, getting darker and darker till it ended in destruction. Now, the other person associated with Tivit was Esther, In the month of Tevet, Esther was taken to the palace to become the queen of the greatest empire on earth. And her path grew brighter and brighter. She gained favor with the king. She saved her people from destruction. Now, surprisingly, Samson and Esther both had a lot in common. Uh, Both lived at a time when God's people were in great danger. In Samson's day, Israel had been conquered and oppressed by the Philistines for 40 years. In Esther's day, the Jews had been taken captive and an evil plot had been hatched to destroy them. Both were sovereignly called by God to bring deliverance to the people. Before Samson was even conceived, an angel spoke to his mother and gave her a prophetic word. To reveal God's call for Samson's life. Esther's cousin Mordecai gave her a prophetic word for her life. You come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Both were equipped by God to fulfill their call. Samson was given supernatural strength to defeat the Philistines. Esther was given beauty to capture the heart of a king. Both had to submit to strict discipline. Samson had to live as a Nazarite. He could not cut his hair. He could not drink wine. He could not eat grapes. He could not touch a dead body. Esther had to submit to the head of the king's harem as she went through 12 months of preparation. Both faced the temptation that could have thwarted their destiny. Samson was tempted by Delilah to reveal the source of his strength. Esther was tempted to turn back from her call through fear of death and yet Samson's life ended in disaster but Esther fulfilled her call and her destiny so what made the difference well let's begin by looking at Esther Esther was a young Jewish girl an orphan and an exile But when the queen of Persia was deposed, the king searched the land for a beautiful woman to replace her, and Esther was chosen. Esther was promoted to be the queen of the Persian Empire. In Esther's day, a man named Haman was the prime minister of the king of Persia. And Haman hated the Jews. And so Haman looked for a way to destroy all the Jews throughout the Persian Empire. And so Haman got the king's permission to issue a decree of destruction for the Jewish people. The decree was issued in the name of the king himself, but by Haman's decree, dispatches were sent to all the provinces in the empire to kill and annihilate all Jews on a single day. And to plunder their goods. But see God had positioned Esther in the palace. For just that moment. And her cousin Mordecai warned her about the evil decree. And begged her to help. But Esther was terrified. She said if I go to the king without being called. And he doesn't raise his scepter to welcome me. I'll be killed. But Mordecai recognized Esther's prophetic destiny. He told her, you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. In other words, Esther, this is what you were created to do. Now, for Esther to align with God's word for her life was not easy. She had to enter the presence of the king without being summoned, and that could be a capital offense. And then she had to reveal her identity as a Jew And bring accusation against Haman, who was the king's right-hand man and the second most powerful man in the empire. And all Esther had to stand on was a knowledge of God's word over her life. But Esther received Mordecai's counsel. And so she chose to risk her life to accomplish God's call. She told Mordecai, gather together all the Jews in the city. And fast for me. And do not eat or drink for three days. And when this is done, I will go to the king. And if I perish, I perish. And so on the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in front of the king's hall. And the king was sitting on his throne facing the entrance. And when he saw Esther, he was pleased. And he held out his gold scepter. And he said, what is it, Esther, what is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be given to you. And so in response to the king's invitation, Esther invites the king and Haman to a banquet. And at the banquet, the king again says, make your request. I promise you anything up to half the kingdom. And so Esther, at the risk of her life, makes her request. She said, if it pleases the king, let my life be spared and the lives of my people. For we have been sold to be killed and annihilated. The king was shocked. He said, who has done this? And Esther looks over at the man who had signed the death warrant for every Jew in the world. And she looked him in the eye. And she said, a foe and an enemy, this vile Haman and when the king realized what Haman had done he was enraged he ordered Haman to be executed and he sent out a new decree to spare the Jews and because Esther was willing to put her life on the line to fulfill her prophetic destiny the Jewish people were rescued from destruction and see that's the story of Esther it's one of the most significant events in Israel's history because the whole future of God's covenant plan rested on one frightened young woman. But like the wise men following the star, Esther committed herself to walk out God's plan for her life, no matter what it costs. And because she committed her life to God, the path of her life grew brighter and brighter. And she fulfilled her destiny in the earth. But then there's Samson. Samson also had a prophetic destiny. Samson's life started with great potential. He had a supernatural birth. His mother had been barren, but an angel of the Lord appeared to her and told her that God had heard her prayers. The angel said, You are barren and have borne no children, but you will conceive. And give birth to a son. And the angel told her that her son would be a mighty warrior. And that he would be called to deliver Israel from the Philistines. The angel then gave some special instructions. You must never cut his hair. Because from the day of his birth, he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite. Now a Nazarite was someone whose life was totally consecrated to God. As a sign of their commitment, a Nazarite was to take a vow not to cut their hair, eat grapes, drink alcohol, or touch a dead body. And so she gave birth to a son, and she named him Samson. And Samson grew up knowing that he had a call from God to fight against the Philistines. And God gave Samson supernatural strength to accomplish that task like Esther, Samson's prophetic destiny was to save the Jewish people from their enemies. But Samson had a weakness. Samson refused to control his own passions. He did what felt good instead of what he knew was right. And even though he was called to defeat the Philistines, he was attracted to Philistine women. He married a Philistine girl. He visited Philistine prostitutes. He had an ongoing affair with a Philistine woman named Delilah. See, Samson's problem was he was called by God, but he did not have a heart for God. In fifty years, uh, 20 years of leading Israel, reading the story of Samson, there's only two recorded times when he prayed. As you read the story of his life, he never praises God. He never worships. There's no thanksgiving that he offers. He never seeks direction from God. He violates his Nazarite vow to eat honey out of the dead body of a lion. He visits prostitutes. And he's always rash, independent, self-seeking, totally controlled by his passions and his lusts. Because Samson lived to satisfy his passions. He jeopardized his call from God to have an affair with with Delilah. And Delilah repeatedly nagged him to tell her the secret of his strength. And after toying with her for a while, he finally gave in and reveals his secret. And she immediately told the Philistines. And while Samson slept, they cut off his hair. And with his vow broken, Samson lost his supernatural strength. The Philistines captured him. They blinded him. They bound him in chains and put him to work like an animal grinding grain. Then the Philistines brought him to a pagan temple at one of their feasts to jeer at him. His path had grown darker and darker. And in one last act of desperation, he prayed that God would give him strength one more time. And placing his hands on the supporting pillars, he literally brought the house down, killing himself along with the Philistines. So Samson's path grew darker and darker and darker, while Esther's path grew lighter and lighter and lighter. In the month of Tevet, God wants you to look and see which path are you on. Just like Esther and Samson, you have a God-given destiny. God has a chosen path for your life, and it's not a path of darkness. The book of Ephesians teaches that we each have a destiny handpicked for us by God. And that means you are not an accident. You were sent here on a mission. And no matter who you are, you have a call of God on your life. Tell your neighbor, you've got a call of God on your life. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart for a unique purpose. Ephesians 1.11, Before creation, God designed a unique and perfect destiny for you to fulfill. Ephesians 2.10, God prepared good works in advance for you to do. That means you have a purpose for being here. You're a person of destiny. Now your God-given destiny is what you were created for. It includes your mate you know if you're not married God wants you to know there is someone who is your destiny. your career. Paul right, no matter who you are working for you are really working for God. When you go when you go to the office or the classroom tomorrow, You're not serving your supervisor. You're serving God. It includes your gifting. Some of you were created to teach. Some of you are created to heal the sick. Some of you are created to prophesy or to cast out demons. And no matter what you do, no matter how much money you make, if you do not accomplish what you were created to do, you will never know fulfillment. But the good news is, God wants you to fulfill your destiny. If you love him and commit to his purpose, God made an incredible promise. He promised to work in every situation to bring you into your destiny. Romans 8, 28, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. See, God has a plan to enable you to fulfill your destiny and experience ultimate satisfaction in life. And as you walk in his plan, your path grows brighter and brighter and brighter. Now, how do you find that path of ever-increasing light? The answer is God's prophetic word. Second Peter 1.19 says, We have the prophetic word made more... Sh- more sure, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. See, God has a good and perfect destiny for you, and he's not trying to hide it. There is a path that leads to darkness, but there's a path that leads to light. And one of the purposes of prophecy is to help you find the right path. And Tevet is a month to review the prophetic words over your life. Now, how do you know what God's word over your life is? Well, God can reveal your prophetic destiny in several ways. Usually, he'll do it over and over again in a lot of different ways. Sometimes, he'll speak directly to you. He'll give you words. He'll give you dreams. He'll give you visions. Sometimes, you're given word from someone else. You have Samson got a word from his mom said, this is what the angel said your destiny is. Esther got a word from her cousin Mordecai. This is what you were created for. Sometimes you get words from recognized prophets. I mean, uh, many of us have had that situation where we go into a a meeting or something, there's a prophet speaking, the prophet will point to you and say, this is what God says to you. But now, now every time you get a word, it has to be tested because... Thessalonians says everything needs to be tested. If you don't know how to test a prophetic word, my book, Experiencing the Spirit, gives four key ways to test prophetic words. But sometimes God will speak it to you through someone else. Sometimes he just plants your destiny in your heart. You just know that you know that you know that this is what you were created for. But however God speaks it to you and however many times he repeats it, keep a record and review it frequently. God wants you to pay attention to his words over your life so you can arrive at your destination. And see, that's what Samson failed to do. God's word over Samson was that he had a special call from God to live totally committed to God so he could overthrow the enemy. But Samson ignored that word. And instead of his committing his life to God, he chose to be ruled by his passions to do what felt good and not what he was called to do. And so his path got darker and darker and darker until he was destroyed. So in the month of Tevet, be sure your emotions are submitted to God. Don't give in to emotional desires Look to see what God has said. See, Esther had a word over her life too. She knew she was a woman of destiny and she was brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. And Esther embraced that word. She committed herself to following her call even if it cost her her life. And the result is her path got brighter and brighter and brighter until she fulfilled her destiny in the earth. See, walking through life is a lot like living in a big hedge maze. You know, a hedge maze can be beautiful, but if you are in the maze, you can't see where you are and you don't know which way you need to go. There are many pitfalls. There are many wrong turns. There are many dead ends. You can't see where they are. You can get lost in a maze and spend hours trying to get out. But see, God sees the end from the beginning He knows where you are, he knows the route to your destiny. He sees every danger, He sees every pitfall ahead of you, and if you receive His revelation, He can guide you safely through. See that's Second 2 Chronicles 2020. 20. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in His prophets, and you will be successful. See, if you walk in God's revelation. You can overcome every strategy of the enemy. And so as you move through this month of Tevit, pray through the prophetic words over your life. If you don't actually remember them, just say, Lord, bring him to my mind. Write down what he has said. If you don't know God's word over your life, ask him. He'll tell you. And then commit yourself to follow God no matter what it costs. And let God lead you on the path to your destiny. Thank you, Lord, that you have a path for each one of us to bring us into the good and perfect destiny you have chosen for us. Lord, we say we want to follow your path in Jesus' name. Wow. Let's stand up. Father, thank you for light, thank you for your word, thank you that your word lights our path, thank you, Lord, that you are intervening in our lives supernaturally. Father, I loose the blessing of this month on everyone in the hearing of it. And I say their path will get brighter and brighter until the day breaks forth for them in a new way. Lord, I send us forth into this month in Yeshua's name. Amen. Bless two or three people and say, get ready for a miracle.